What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. How's everybody doing today? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you mad that he was tickled by your flip-flop this week? It was back to basics. It wasn't like a creative one. It just... That was a normal... It was normal right there in his face, and he lost it for a bit. I love taking a middle finger in the face, you know? Nothing feels better. We all have the same drinks today. You know, because we're doing a nice themed episode. We got some sake. This one is Tozai Snow Maiden Junmai Gori. I probably butchered that. It's got some honeydew melon aromas, a bright, lively finish. It is very good. I really love honeydew. I know a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. I like honeydew all right. A very solid sake. This cocktail that we all have, I'm going to call it the Atomic Charge Up. Club soda, um, just a dry sake, liqueur sour, some sour mash, shake it all up, lemon wedge on top. It's got a real, it's got a bite. Mm-hmm. So today's episode, uh, we've got a Godzilla special going. Godzilla vs. King Kong, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Before we get started, what has everybody been up to lately? Stacy, Final Fantasy IV on the Super Nintendo. Final Fantasy 2 if you're in America and I am playing that Super Nintendo version so the translation's not the best and it's a pretty easy game. It looks fun. I like the melodrama. Since last we spoke I watched uh, Ozu's Tokyo Story. I hadn't seen that one. I think the only one of his I'd seen is Tokyo Chorus and then I watched In the Mood for Love because I'd never seen that one before. Brilliant movie. Uh, Wong Kar Wai. Think of that film a lot. Tony Lung is a um, national treasure. Their nation's treasure, but I treasure him still. An international treasure. There, there we go. That uh, personal favorite film of mine. Melanie? Finish out the Halo series. I never thought that I would, one, be passionate about Halo to any degree, but two, be so mad at a game. The fifth one, the story, is awful. This is kind of a spoiler. They turned Cortana into the bad guy. Hmm. She's the main villain through the story. Was actively angry, which was so silly, but truly I was. Mm-hmm. I think I played all of the Gears and Halo games within a month. I think it's funny that you had, like, the, was it, like, 15, 16 years between, like, Halo 1 and 5? Yeah. Like, it's like, you, you've got the whole experience, like, all those emotions oh, that the yeah. fans had, mm-hmm. and you experienced that within, like, a week and a half. See, and I think that's the thing. So, 2 is my favorite. It has the best story. I really like the gameplay in it. I did not think when I came out of this, like the other end of all these first person shooters that I would think that the Gears of War series was better than Halo. And it is a much better series <laughs> design wise more in Halo, but four and five for Gears really won me over in this last Halo game. So I watched a few movies this last week. The first one I want to mention is a film from 1988 called Deadbeat at Dawn. This is directed by Jim Van Beaver. This is a regional film made in Dayton, Ohio, and Arrow released this on Blu-ray. One I wanted to check out for some time, but just recently got the Blu-ray and really enjoyed it a lot. It is, it's an amateurish film, but like, it's full of excitement and just very audacious filmmaking and guerrilla style filmmaking, just going for it. Back when you could do that, the transfer is so good. It's really great looking. And it's it's just the type of movie that 
you know, doesn't get made anymore. Uh, I Regional filmmaking is something that's always fascinated me, whether it be in the horror genre or this is kind of a mix of like horror mixed with like that Warriors type movie where you have like rival gangs going up against each other. And yeah, I really love this movie. Uh, and then I've also been kind of watching some 2020 films that I've missed. So I uh, watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I was very mixed on. I don't think it needs to be said that the content matter is something that's important. But I, and I that kind of makes me upset sometimes when we act like you can't talk about the movie as bad because it's something that's quote-unquote important. It's a well-made movie. I just found it extremely bland. Well, and if you're comparing it to like other things that have come out more recently, I... It's a... Hollywood style biopic, right? I I agree with Nolan. Like I think it's very well made, and the performances are really good. But there wasn't really anything in the film that got me excited. Like Daniel Kaluuya is he's a great actor, and he gets to show off some skill. But I I just yeah, it seems like with maybe like a a tighter script or like maybe maybe perspe- like a different perspective or like you know focusing in on a point of view that maybe, like, it could have been more exciting. I don't know if that makes sense, but I I feel like that's something that kind of, like, separates the Hollywood-style biopic from, you know, stuff like Man's Ollie. You know, it's that that point of view. Well, it's not doing paint-by-numbers to just tell a... Yeah. a, A human story. Yeah, or, you know, there's... I think that, like, Spike Lee's Black Klansman... I think that that is kind of like a Hollywood style biopic, but he kind of puts his own twist on it where he just makes a like incredibly entertaining film out of that form. Right. And it's energetic. You know, one yeah. thing about Spike is whether you like him or not, his movies always have some sort of energy to them, I find. But this just, I didn't feel that at all. The, I think Fred Hampton, it, the actual person, mm-hmm. like, a very interesting person and someone I would like, like to know more about. To right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I didn't learn anything about the black Panthers and that I found that disappointing. Cause I think it's a subject that um, should be told and ex- explored more. And, and uh, I found that a bit disappointing as well, but uh, did it put the scene in Forrest Gump though, into greater context uh, for you? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Force was there for all of it. What else do you have now? And the last couple I'll just mention real quick uh, is uh, a movie that I, I have no idea what the consensus is on this, but I watched Capone, which I had no expectations for, and I uh, found it uh, a bit exhilarating, if I'm being honest. Uh, I actually loved it. Now, I will say if uh, you're partial to... If a performance turns you off of a movie, Tom Hardy's going for it here. Like, this is, like, unhinged Tom Hardy, like, as he's done in other movies. So, like, if you have a problem with performance, this you're probably not going to like this movie. But because he is, he's hamming it up. If the only reason I enjoyed Venom was his batshit insane performance, is this movie for me? Hey, I think you'll be entertained. Now, I will say I was, I actually liked the the filmmaking in, in it and it, it it takes place like the last year of Al Capone's life and he is um he has uh, syphilis and it has messed with his brain and neurological senses and so 
basically the the whole movie is just him being trapped in his mansion um having crazy dreams and illusions and you don't really know what's real and what's not and it gets it just it gets insane but i like what trank did with it visually and uh it did have that uh sense of uh style and what we were just talking about with spike energy. lee energy it's thank you Mike. yeah yeah and 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 the energy i was looking for um so anyway it's it's a type of biopic that i really enjoy where it's not just like a rundown of someone's life or career but just like this flash in the pan moment of their life and does something interesting with that moment in their time you kind of conveyed this so does this show like the artistry that trank showed in chronicle absolutely versus fantastic four it does yeah absolutely and uh, trank uh, like someone who basically kind of got blackballed for a long while because um, he made a bad movie issues he had yeah and so uh, this puts him on a better track, at least in my opinion. I, I think this shows off that he is a talented director and, and has something to say. But anyway, that's just one man's opinion. I know I don't know how people feel about that again, that movie, but uh, I enjoyed myself. And then the last one I'll just mention, I watched The Hunt from 2020. Uh, this was a movie I did not enjoy at all. Um, it was free to watch, so I did it and uh, thought it was uh, pretty bad. So is it... Is it conservatives hunting liberals or vice versa? Uh, liberals hunting um, very far right people. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, like, it's an interesting concept, uh, but it it does not uh, work on, on any level. Just because I was not interested in the filmmaking and then uh, it's just goofy. Like, it's, mm -hmm. all, it's all played for just laughs. I mean, it's, I, I found no worth in it personally. Yeah, yeah. It was um, like I said, it was free. So. Yeah. I, I think the probably the what turned me off is just the the concept of liberals again, like just the political right combatants. Mm -hmm. Like we've been enough of that, and it's true. I don't need the yeah kind of satirical thing about it. Like I get it. Yep. Can I give a spoiler? Absolutely. So I don't. Anyone care. who cares about the hunt who hasn't seen it, spoiler ahead. You know who the big baddie at the end is. Uh, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank? Yep. And there's a big fight off. Uh, I'm not going to remember the main lady's That's name. Nuts. I'm sorry. She's from Glow. Miss Li uh, Liberty Bell from Glow. But they have a <laughs> a house fight. Like Kill Bill style. Like Betty Gillette? Something like that. Yeah. Betty Gilpin. Her and Hillary Swank. You started to say Hillary and immediately I was like, duh, say duh, say Hillary that duh. That would have been, been amazing. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But Hillary Swank, you know. Yeah. Fair enough. I thought Clinton. Again, would have been more interesting. But anyway. That's a very distinct notion of where our minds went. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love it. <laughs> well, because he said the premise of the movie. I know, but I like the idea of it just being a random thing. <laughs> and I think Hillary, Hillary Duff, she's just out there having kids. Like, you know, doing, she's someone we haven't Instagram seen in, in quite some time. Just, she, why not? She's not Hannah Montana. What was she? How dare you? She, Hannah Montana's Miley. What's yeah. the other? Lizzie McGuire. That's yes. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got you it. A Disney Channel kid ever? Huh? No, Fair that's enough. like premium cable, Melanie. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't. I'm not trying to make it about that. And I think we were older when those shows started coming out, right? possible but i don't know the time frame i'll be honest did you not watch even stevens i did yeah so it's like around the same time period is even stevens that's disney? shia 
Or is that Nickelodeon? Disney. Mm-hmm. I think by that time, Disney it, was no longer premium cable. I think it got bumped down to the regular cable package. Because I do remember Even Stevens being on the air. Why do you see you made it? A real class situation here. Which goes with the hunt, in a way. The liberals fighting them are like high class liberals. You really inspired a conversation. Yeah. The elite. The elite, yeah. Mm-hmm. With that being said, are we ready to get into today's uh, subjects? Absolutely. Godzilla versus King Kong. Only All reverse right. that. King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Because <laughs> King Kong was the more popular well, property then. You are, I mean, that's that's the name of the title. I, I yeah. messed up. King Kong versus Godzilla, 1962, directed by Ishiro Honda. We watched the Japanese version? Yes. Yes. All right. Which is a completely different cut it, it changes significantly the story will you win godzilla will you win kong the battle of the century the original comedic japanese version of the film with a narrative structure different from the more famous american cut taiko i'm gonna i'm gonna mess that up taiko advertising director of pacific uh, pharmaceuticals is frustrated with the low ratings of the educational tv program they're sponsoring seeing seeking a more sensationalist approach he orders his staff to head to Faro Island after discovering the legend of King Kong, believing the monster can be used as a publicity stunt to sell more product. When Godzilla reemerges from an iceberg, a media frenzy generates just as Taiko brings his own monster back to Japan. People begin to wonder and debate over which monster can beat who, as Taiko seems, seeks to capitalize off the biggest wrestling match of all time. The original Japanese version of the film saw an official release via Criterion in 2019. Should I go over my notes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Um, for any, any, as always, this is a bunch of rambling and nonsense. I apologize, but here we go. Climate change. No one cares about science. Sadly, still true today. Good drummer man. Sick bow tie and plaid. Arctic snow melting. Strange goings on abound. Strong thread, fiber thread, more scientific smarts. <laughs> Iceberg issues. Shit gonna get real. American submarine bites it. The Seahawk. Natives learn what a radio is and cigarettes are. Everyone has a good smoke, even the kids. Godzilla emerges from an iceberg. Godzilla destroys some tanks and buildings. Godzilla headed from Antarctica to Japan. Man gets a lizard on him, has a rambunctious freak out. I felt his energy. We bros. Giant octopus. Love it. Kong shows up, fights the octopus, rips it with rocks. Kong is feeling his oats. He makes the octopus return to the ocean. (laughs) Kong has a nice refreshing drink after victory. His face is a bit terrifying. Kong is drunk off his ass, so it seems... The natives sing, uh, chant, and dance for him as he lays passed out. King Kong is captured and is being taken to Japan. Godzilla destroys a train. Kong wakes up. The crew tries to blow him up with TNT. They fail. Sick explosion, though. Sorry. Kong emerges from the ocean to Japan, ready for a showdown with Godzilla. They fight. Godzilla, strong dance game. Kong leaves the fight, realizing Godzilla had the high ground and got zapped in the belly with fire breath. 
Same shot of Godzilla walking through the telephone wires is used three different times, lol. Godzilla is tricked into trap by the military, and they try to blow him up. They fail. Kong headed to North Tokyo. Kong's run slash strut is what laughing was made for. Kong destroys, bites through the telephone wires, takes down houses and terminals in the process. Kong punches a building, destroys a train, and captures a lady in the process. Bombs are shot at Kong with the juice of the fruit that made him pass out on the island. The juice of the fruit. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> it works, and the lady is rescued. The fiber thread comes back into play as it is used to help the military transport Kong to go face off against Godzilla. They fight. Many rocks are thrown. Kong does some kind of uh, cartwheel spin thing. Smashes his hand on a rock. He, yeah, something. Head? Head, thank you. Smashes his head on a rock. Godzilla kicks him. Kong takes a tumble and smashes his head again. Godzilla rips with him with his tail and breathes fire on him. Lightning strikes. Kong re-returns with, uh, with the strength of a thousand suns. A lot of big dick energy ensues. They both take a tumble into the ocean. Kong heads home. Adapt to your surroundings, even if you're stuck at home or in the shit. I don't know if it's because you did so many Trump impressions over the years. The way your notes read is like Trump tweets. <laughs> Godzilla. Great creature. So strong. Kong's fine. He does damage. Godzilla wins. Or does he? He I don't doesn't. Know. King Kong wins. Who could know? Movie. Who could say? Who could say? Who could say it? And then the movie says it. You do see it, but who could? They both fall. Mm-hmm. Fake news. Godzilla swims too, so it's not surprising that you don't see him emerge from the water again. Well, no, you weren't the only one who loved that octopus. Nice. Producer Henry Saperstein loved it so much he made Toho put the octopus in Frankenstein conquers the world and War of the Gargantuas for the I like American that. versions. I need to watch. I haven't seen that one. I need That's to a watch great that film. One. I really liked that, uh, how like just slimy and moist the octopus was. Because they use a real one for most of it. It looks pretty sweet. So Nolan, did you like this movie? Yes. Very much enjoyed King Kong vs. Godzilla. This was my first watch. Uh, which is nice too because I, I, it's taking me a while. But I've been going through the Godzilla movies. Um, and this is where I would have my next turn would have been. So, uh, and I think you, you both have mentioned before these early films have actually like a narrative structure that kind of follow each other. So, uh, I think it does a good job with that. And Honda is a great director and I, I, uh, always enjoy his movies. He, he is very good at, uh, structuring his films and his, his eye is undeniable. Yeah, I had a fun time. Now, you, you bring up Honda. We'd be remiss to not mention uh, music by Akira Ifakobi, which, you know, he does most of them. Soberaya doing the visual effects. Yeah, Soberaya. Which, yeah, they're they're always great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this gentleman did the stories for most of them. Shinchi uh, Sikazawa? Melanie? This is... This is a very silly film. I enjoy it greatly. It's I like that it's comical and a little bit... Uh, I wouldn't say it's the funniest Godzilla film, but it's definitely, I think, the most intentionally comedic 
film because it's all about satire and the yeah. whole. I I like the competing businesses and then them just trying to put on a giant wrestling match and they're trying to find what do they call it in the film the evil spirit that they're evil spirit yeah yeah. yeah. You have to locate, you have to find an evil spirit to combat against. Yeah, which in the American version of that scene, they just straight up, you know, say King Kong. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do like, as you mentioned, like, I I enjoy that they're just trying to uh, find something profitable and desirable to for audiences to mm-hmm. watch on TV. And completely fine with <laughs> utter destruction to right. cities. But they're, they're going to make a profit. It's mm-hmm. very funny. It's very smart because, uh, not to put mm-hmm. a, a pin in it, but it's obviously that's what corporations do. Sure. Just well, to a lesser degree. And I think what's cool about a lot of these Honda films, especially early on, is that he did have stuff that he wanted to say. Obviously, with the original film, you know, that that is a message movie. But even after that, I think that Mothra, that film has a lot to say about capitalism. This film is a big critique about capitalism, which kind of overtook Japan. Like, as we were helping them rebuild after the war, they lost some of those ideals of classic Japan and kind of took up this, like, industry, you know, that's kind of influenced by America. Right. Which, if you're interested in that, Schrader's Mishima. Yeah. You know, that's a great film that kind of talks about that. But I think that Honda's films... He does have like a big, you know, message in these '60s films about the effects of capitalism on Japan, and usually, like you said, it's done in a comical way. You know, they also do that in Mothra versus Godzilla with the corporation buying the egg, mm-hmm. like the rights mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot in that as well. Although it, this one, it just it the tone is so goofy specifically in this one. It's very fun though. That's not a criticism at all. It's it's all intentional and it's. It's a really good time. It's just enjoyable. Definitely think the story is better in this one than the next one we're going to talk about, which we'll get to. Sure. So that one's a bit scattershot, but uh, yeah, I this is probably my this is my first time viewing the Japanese cut. I'd never seen it before. I enjoyed it more than the American cut. Well, and I think that the because the Japanese cut hadn't been available here until the Criterion box set. I wonder why they just put it on as a extra feature on that and they didn't use the 4K that Japan has. I wonder if there's a reason for that. Yeah, That's, I, that's not, a fair question. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. but they did do a remaster of the American cut, which I think Universal owns the rights to that film now. I have a substantial history with this film, uh, especially like you know the American cut. Good Times put out the VHS back in the 80s, and that's the Godzilla movie I had on VHS. Like, it was the only one that I had that wasn't taped off of, like, TNT or TBS, like, when they were doing a marathon. That was my Godzilla film. And, you know, I watched that all the time. And it is significantly different than the film. That's a different. They, what they do in that one is a lot of the sequences that, you know, how they have these... Um, stories that are kind of split up, you know, with the submarine early on, the sure. the news team, and then him going off on the, you know, his journey to test the wires. People are spreading out. Yeah, a lot of it is cut out, like the the mission to Faroe Island. All of that's covered at like that table, and what they do is they put in uh, film news segments that's kind of similar to the to- the show at the beginning of the Japanese 
you know, where you have the scientists talking about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Arctic. Right. So it, it's like a commentary of it kind of just to pass the time, really, on, you know, this is King Kong. But it's not. This is Godzilla. It's not nearly as. They, they make Mr. Tako. He's very comedic, as he is in this film. You know, you can't really take that out of the movie. Yeah, but I'm wondering if maybe the type, because this type of comedy, like, oh, it was bigger in Japan at the time. Like, there were a lot of movies that had this style of humor and specifically about white-collar workers and shenanigans, just mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I don't know if maybe the... It, that didn't translate here at that time? I don't know. Oh, and I, I definitely yeah. think, like, the messages on capitalism probably wouldn't, you know, mm -hmm. mesh over here. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of him, like, he he is very funny. He has a lot of good bits, but, I like, one of my favorites is when Kong is, like, on the raft and they're in the boat and they're, they're hauling him to Japan. And, like, when... Uh, are you talking about they have the TNT? They have the TNT like, on it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Strapped up and, and yes. wired, and he's got they've got the fuse box with yep. the the classic. Got the candle. fuse box that's going on. Like that whole bit was really funny. And then the other bit I really liked with him on the boat is, uh, I think, is it when the explosion hits or, like, in he has an umbrella and he just oh, like yeah. puts so it over his head so, so he doesn't get rain on himself yeah. or water he, on himself. He has like an all ready kit. Mm -hmm. He's ready for <laughs> Yeah, he's in the safari outfit that they yeah. put them in for like the PR show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I love that he puts that on. He's in his office. He goes into a closet and then he comes out and he's just in the safari outfit. <laughs> he had in his closet already with like a, um, a first aid kit yep. and all this so All these provisions. Ready to go. Mm -hmm. He looks yeah, good. He does. Yeah, he's he's so good. I think one of my favorite parts of him is whenever he's conveying anger and his the way he portrays it is just to shake and shiver all over <laughs> and to like rub his hands down his face and through his hair. Absolutely. He's just vibrating. I really love yeah. that. Yeah. No, I, I dig that too. <laughs> so great. one of my like favorite beats in the film i love the sequence where so it's kazoo fujita which i think they might just call him fujita in the film but he's the one with the science wire that you uh oh, yes. you know talked about mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah um i the him going off his trip and him getting off the boat earlier than the boat you know arriving godzilla comes and you know destroys the boat so the girlfriend thinks that he's dead but can't be sure. So she goes to find him on that train and he gets back her friend, which I think is, I don't know if it's just her friend or if it's the main guy's girlfriend, but you know, she drops the plate when seeing him and, you know, informs yep. him that like, Hey, your, your girl's going to go look yep. for you. It's like that she whole sequence is so good. I yeah. really like the switch with her too, specifically because she goes in to talk to her friend initially so the the girlfriend of this guy who space wire mm -hmm. space um, wire her <laughs> atomic wire what does he call it it's like a fiber like something nuclear fiber, nuclear fiber. i think yeah. that's right yeah strong thread yeah he, strong she comes good. over mm -hmm. with fast food and is telling her, you don't need to be so sad. If you haven't heard from your boyfriend, he's probably fine, whatever. So then the next day she comes over and she's like, why are you acting so normal and nonchalant? Your boyfriend could be dead. And she's like, what? Oh, no. Yeah. His submarine sank. Mm -hmm. I love 
her frantic change of attitude and just like, no, no, you need to get worried. You yep. need to be ramped up. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to go there. Yeah, you you should go there where the submarine yep. sank to go find him. That's right. Like, what is she going to do? Pull his body out? Like, <laughs> it's amazing. So she runs off and then I love her seeing him dropping the food and just like, well, you're, she went to find you. I had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this film does a lot to inform how the rest of the series would go. So by this point, like Toho was just doing like their individual monster movies. You know, you had Rodan and Mothra. Um, I think Atragon. They did their sci-fi films like The Mysterians. Godzilla was on a hiatus for it's like six or seven years, and then they had this this idea originally that Willis O'Brien came up with after King Kong, which was King Kong versus Frankenstein. That's something that he wanted to do. Frankenstein a bunch of animals together. Uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what his... <laughs> Willis O'Brien, like, all of his unproduced ideas, like, they're so interesting. Same with Ray Harryhausen. It was just, like, how they could showcase their effects. Very ambitious. And, you know, Harryhausen took up a lot of, um, you know, O'Brien's projects that, you know, he uh, let slide. You know, that's how Valley Guanji comes about, which, you know, Willis O'Brien had the idea of Cowboys and Dinosaurs. Much Which eventually, and aliens. I think, got turned into Beast of Hollow Mountain. Hmm. But I digress. So this was originally supposed to be King Kong versus Frankenstein. And you can tell that there are some elements from that initial Frankenstein idea with Kong being powered by lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. And there are times throughout the series that you can tell that they wrote scripts for certain monsters, but then switched them based on like if they could get the rights to a thing or the condition of the suit or something like that. Cause like Ibra horror of the deep, you know, that's supposed to be a King Kong film and not a Godzilla movie. And Godzilla mostly throws rocks and gets powered by lightning in that film, yeah. which is, is so it's like the monsters switch out, but they don't change what they do in the script. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that this is very informative for the series because it kind of starts this run of Godzilla versus movies. And, Molly, you were saying before that this is the most successful Godzilla film yeah. uh, in regards to... It's, um, it's still... It's, tickets it, it, sold. Yeah, it is the most successful box office for them, and it still holds a record. It's not in the top ten. I don't know where it is. That's crazy. Well, King yeah. Kong was super popular over there. You know, they got the original film. They had the original film over there, which was very influential to you know, their movie industry. That is one of the things that influenced Sobaraya. He wanted to do stop motion like King Kong, like Beast from 20,000 Fathoms to originally create Godzilla. And there are segments where he does get to do stop motion. In this film, he does it with the octopus arms. And the uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla, when they're fighting at the end, the jump kick. Which they were considering doing more stop motion for this. Some stuff with Kong and... But but they couldn't do it because of the cost and yeah. time, which is always the you know, why they do the pseudimation. So King Kong, very popular in Japan at this time. Probably more popular than Godzilla. They did a film, which is a lost movie, called King Kong in Edo, Japan, which was from the late 30s i think it's 38 so it would have also been one of the early kaiju films Sounds but sweet. yeah so it's king kong in 
samurai times Japan. Like that sounds cool. Yep. So many of our films, you know, it just ended up lost. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me how something can true. It it's just because it makes me angry. I I truly don't understand how something can just be lost. Nitrate and I, a I, lack of care. I understand mm-hmm. it. It's sure. I feel it's more the lack of care that's frustrating. Yeah. Absolutely. Or the idea of preserving things. Yeah. Well, the cool thing this film does is, like, I think that Mothra versus Godzilla is kind of a a better version of this, what they're doing. I think this movie establishes, at least until you get into, like, the space films, kind of how these films are going to go. Obviously, I haven't seen a lot of those middle films. I have seen, because we've talked about it before, uh... Ghidra. Ghidra. Which, Ghidorah. Ghidorah, which I enjoyed. Uh, I actually, I will, I would like to rewatch that one. I will when I get to it. On first watch, I enjoyed myself more with this one, weirdly, which I know I think most people probably prefer Ghidorah. Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Ghidra. That's what we called it. But yeah, like, uh, you know, so there's a lot of those versus movies of the Godzilla franchise that I have yet to watch. But uh, we'll get to them eventually. They're, that's a really fun run of films. Yeah. Through the high and low. All right. So the high point for me, I'm going to go ahead and say the octopus fight. Like, I enjoyed myself greatly. I enjoyed the Harryhausen style of stop motion that you kind of talked about. And when he would grab uh, some of the natives and just toss them. I really enjoyed the look of the octopus. Just the slime and it, it, I love the scale that they they made it appear like. And Honda does good with a lot of that stuff, but like it really made it, it appear like there was a giant octopus on screen, and so I really enjoyed that. Do you think because of how popular this film was, and obviously you and Saperstein probably aren't the only people that love the octopus? Do you think that this helped create a porn industry in Japan around hentai? Oh man. I never thought of that. Shit. You make an interesting point. I, I enjoyed the octopus. All right. Very, very, very much. Uh, low point of the film. The weird triangle of the two men and the lady. Like, was one her brother? I had a hard time until the, I think in the end, like, she mentions the, like, him being her brother at some point. And I think that kind of clicked in. But I didn't understand the relation; those three relationships for most through, of the film. He's like, she didn't even make rice. And yeah. then he's like, again. <laughs> so they're neighbors and friends. She's dating his friend. You know, in that scene, he's upset because, you know, she provides him supper. I love whenever he storms in and he wipes her mouth with a napkin. <laughs> yeah, really wipes her mouth. mouth. Yeah, like, sorry. I he promise been been kissing. Been, I promise I haven't been doing anything. He just takes that napkin and wipes it across. Lipstick. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, and the argument about the size of the steaks. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's the really fun. The steaks bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was a little confused on that dynamic until I kind of understood towards the end, but it took me a while to get there. So not a, not a big deal. Oh yeah. It's just one of those things. Like, what's happening here? I'm not sure. It was quirky. I mean, you. <laughs> yeah. You were interested. You're yeah. Like, no. hey, what's happening? Yeah, I was interested. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so my high point of the film is going to be the last fight. I think that I like the references they have from the original King Kong, him sticking the tree 
in Godzilla's mouth. All right, that was cool. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that having them in the fight by Atami Castle, like that whole thing looks so awesome. It's a great the, the big building that they're standing in between and just punching. It's a great set piece. It looks really cool. I all it's the that's the image I always think of when I think of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that was on the back of the cover of the original Good Times VHS. Nice. Yeah, yeah it, it's such a... And his miniature work, like, Soberaya's work in this film, outside of the Kong suit, is so freaking good. Mm-hmm. And Milo is the Kong suit. It, <laughs> it just... It doesn't look good. They never do Kong really good. King Kong Escapes, which is a film I like that Honda did, that film... You know, it's a lot of fun, but the Kong suit still looks bad. They just could not figure out how to do an ape-man suit, which, to be fair, they don't, like, the ape suits don't really get done right until Rick Baker comes along. Yeah. You know, him and Carlos Rambaldi, you know, two of the best effects guys at the time, do the 70s Kong and, you know, make an excellent suit. Yeah, it took about another decade for that. (laughs) Yeah, so they just didn't have, but I don't think it really detracts from the film. That's something I'm interested, Nolan, in your opinion on. Can you notice the different Godzilla suits, and does the quality of the suit affect your enjoyment of the film? I mean, you, I, I can notice them somewhat, but I will say that it doesn't affect me personally. Like, the thing with the Kong suit, like, I, I do agree, like, it's it's probably uh, not the best, but I, I found, like I said in my notes, I found his face to be a bit terrifying. <laughs> Which I I kind of enjoyed that about like he seems like it's it's a monster that has been through it somewhat so like I enjoy that my my thing about I think it's hilarious the way his body moves mm-hmm. in the suit like it's it's very gangly it didn't take away my enjoyment of the film I'll put it that way I always find it interesting because like all the Godzilla suits like I I notice which ones are in which film. And it does, I, I think the worst movies have the worst suits, which I find kind of interesting. Okay. Like, I think that mid to late 60s run of Godzilla, you know, where you get Son of Godzilla and All Monsters Attack, like that Godzilla suit's crap with the frog eyes on top. Yeah. So I, it's just something that I noticed. Yeah. And, but I, I like this Godzilla suit a lot. Yeah, I think it's they, really cool. It's, it's very good. I am more concerned on how how it how the action is presented and looks probably than I am more on how the suit. Yeah. Well, and you were talking about close-ups on Kong. I think that's interesting because I feel like that's probably a direct reference to the 30s Kong mm-hmm. because they would do those cutaways where they would, you know, show in close-up the gigantic head that they made right. for Kong, mm-hmm. you know, for the 33 film. And I wonder if Honda was using all these close-ups of Kong's face in this film, because mm-hmm. he doesn't shoot Godzilla the same way. Right. No, it's very true. So I wonder if that is a direct reference to the original film. And I definitely, there are points where, especially whenever Kong is first introduced in the film, where he's more in shadows. He's not, it's during a thunderstorm, all this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's not. And in wide shot and like he's kind of more in the background. Yeah. So at first, you don't really know what's going on with the face. And then, How shitty. Yeah. <laughs> I know what that suit looks like. That shot first came up. I was like, what? Is that really 
not that though. And then it came <laughs> up and I was like, no, it is. It is. <laughs> They're kind of in a tough spot because you can't do it. We'll get to this you know, later, but the aliens in the next film, reminiscent of the Planet of the Apes apes. Absolutely. But yeah. you can't do a makeup for an ape costume because of the stunts that they're doing in the film. Like, there are parts, I'm sure you notice, mm-hmm. those suits light on fire. They have so many pyrotechnics <laughs> well, going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a guy in makeup, right? you know, for the face. Yeah. So, I don't know. It... You say that, but they were sewing the suit actors into those suits, and they would light on fire, and they're just like, guess I'm just on fire right now. I know. I love it when the suits <laughs> catch on fire, though. Yeah, I love it knowing that they are okay. The idea that, that they are... Uh, people, I feel like Marvel actors always complain about not being able to pee in their suits because they have to take it all off. It's like a whole process. The, the people in these suits were sewn into them and just were in them all day. Like, you could pop the head off to eat, but mm. you're just in them. So whenever they're in water and stuff, that is so terrifying to me. Oh, yeah, the it's, big tank. I'm just so thankful that, legitimately thankful that everyone came out okay. While we're right. talking about that, a uh, quick shout out to Haru Nakajima, mm-hmm. who plays Godzilla in this. Nice. And he played Godzilla in most of the early run of the Showa films. Yeah. And then uh, Shoichi Hiroshi is King Kong yeah. in this, which I think he famously portrayed uh, Ghidorah in the Three-Headed Monster. Okay. Which I think that's... It, did that come out... That came out the following year? Uh, I, I think it was two years. Because was this 62 or 63? I think this is 62 for oh, Japan, yeah, 63 in America. It, uh, and then 64, Ghidorah 64. is Ghidorah yeah. and Mothra. Uh, yeah, that was mm. right. That's cool. Another low for me is the presentation of this film. It's the only time that this version's been released in America, but it sucks that it's special feature on the Criterion box set, and that, and I, I don't know, I don't think it's their fault. The packaging is their fault. Fuck them for that packaging. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like the movie, it has like a four sort of mono track. And I think it does Ifabuki score dirty because there's many times where you can't hear the music, you know, underline with the monster fighting. And I feel like his score, it, it doesn't make sense with how good it sounds in the other films for it to sound like shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that is a, a low for me as well, because he is a master of music and I should be able to hear that shit full blast. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't while I was watching it, but now that you mentioned it, and it I... definitely felt like a cobbled together cut of it because some of the shots, the coloring changes, so it it feels like the transfer wasn't all in one. I don't know if that's actually the case or not, but coloring totally changes at certain points where some of it looks far more aged. Yeah, it they definitely were not using the same elements for every yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Alright, no? so Milo, I'll start with this because it's the Kong suit. Now, I read something interesting that RKO actually put limitations on Toho to where they couldn't make it look too much like their Kong. Mm-hmm. So that out the gate is like, it's it can't look like this, so it can't be King Kong in the way that, you know has had been known up to that point. Mm-hmm. But then also, 
since they were trying to make it more comical, they wanted you to root for Kong over Godzilla. So, which to Nolan's point about how terrifying the face is, they thought that they were making the face less terrifying so that kids would not be scared. Which I huh. feel like they fully missed the mark because that it's not a good suit, but the face is kind of terrifying. It's true. Like it's very, just like very pointy and uneven mm-hmm. and he's got like a fleshy beak yeah it's he's very pointy for an ape it's mm-hmm. odd but yeah. uh yeah hands down it's it's the suit for me it's it's awful do you think it's interesting that you bring up him trying to pay homage to the original kong because i think that is probably what was happening and i didn't even think about it until you said it but having it like further pulled back in a wide shot in the shadows Maybe that was the move mm-hmm. <laughs> because it looked pretty, It it's not good, but it does look better yep. the first he's introduced. So I would say my hype for it is just the satire. I love the idea of Honda taking this story of, you know, a ratings war and these two gargantuan, you know, kaijus like battling it out for the benefit of capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's just funny. And yep. The ending battle is great, but I think overall it's just how, for such a goofy film, it is still a really slick commentary on that, because capitalism is stupid. Okay, so Nolan. Yes. For your, we'd, we've not known what to call this. We're yep. just going to start calling it Make em Laugh moment. That works. So what was your Make em Laugh for this film? Yep. Uh, mentioned it a little bit in my notes, but uh, when they're on the island, uh, they're kind of walking and one of the guys gets a lizard that just randomly crawls on his body and he starts doing this crazy dance and just gets freaked out and just the way his his body was moving and the lizard on him i loved it you are not a boy that enjoys a lot of outdoor time no would you react similarly yeah that's what made me love it so much is like I would freak out probably to some sort of extent close to what to what he just did, and everybody would be laughing at me and yeah and telling me get over it. Granted, you're saying lizard. That was a giant. It was like a. It looked. I don't know what it was. Like a baby crocodile. It did look like a baby crocodile. You guys know that lizards get that size, right? Yes. I don't. What do you mean you don't? I've never seen one. Komodo dragons, monitor lizards. I don't know shit. Oh my gosh. So that character's name, Kinsaburo Fure, that was the character's name, the actor, Yu Fujiki. Very nice. Which I believe that he shows up in subsequent Godzilla films. I think that he... Most of the cast, at least male members of the cast, they typically... Yeah, so... in and out. My favorite boy, we gotta talk about him, Akiki... Akiki? Akiyoko... Hirata, he shows up in most of these. Mm-hmm. So he's a doctor in this film, but his character name is Shigasawa, different than Surazawa. Okay. Honda started off as a assistant for uh, Kurosawa, right. Jun Fukada, who we're going to talk about his film next. Mm-hmm. He was a assistant on the first uh, Samurai Musashi film. Okay. So... You kind of wonder if these people are under contract. And a lot of these guys, if you look at their filmographies, they've been in like Kurosawa and Ozu films as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, sure. my make them laugh moment for me is I love the very first encounter between Kong and Godzilla, where 
Kong is walking up with his goofy ass arms and then starts like shoulder shrugging. Uh It's very reminiscent of the pretty lady in blackface on the island Uh, who's doing her shoulder shrug dance. That's another. I wonder if he saw that. Should we, for just a second, say that blackface is bad regardless of what race you are? There is a lot of blackface in this film. And. I knew it was there, mm-hmm. but I guess I just forgot how, because at first you only see like seven people. Not that it matters the amount of people doing it, making mm-hmm. it worse. It's just it happening at all. But yeah, there is a there is a lot. And some of it is like the girl you're talking about dancing. She looks like she has a slight tan. There are other people in this film that that is not the case. Right. It is extreme. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's pretty sick. It's pretty blatant. Yeah, yep, definitely looks like jazz singer. It's not good. But, uh, but the movement is very similar to yeah. what, what, and the... he's just like strutting. It it makes me laugh. Like that whole suit, it's just so fucking goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> my make him laugh is also from, well, it's from the final fight, but Kong gets thrown down and he's just laying there and Godzilla turns away where his butt's facing him and he starts kicking dirt up at him and he's burying <laughs> him alive and Kong is just breathing and looking up just dazed and like oh it's like you're marrying me i'm I'm alive (laughs) then it gets me it's a really good moment it's super super short and then i think he pulls on godzilla's tail and he like Mm -hmm. oh all the fights and stuff that's another thing that's really cool about this movie because the last time we got a versus was godzilla raids again Mm -hmm. and they shot that way different than they shoot the rest of these films. The action scenes in that are sped up. They're shot at a faster frame rate. So, and they did that so, you know, Angerus and Godzilla would look like animals fighting. And in this one, you really get, like, the sense of playfulness and wrestling, yep. which I think is pretty cool. And mm. this is something that they were specific. Even the way Kong walks, like how you're talking, they all of that was done intentionally so that it, it could appeal to children. children. Because they wanted children to root for Kong. Yeah. So yeah. it worked. Very cool. So I guess in closing on this film, all three of us liked it. Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, uh, I think this movie's worth seeking out regardless of what version. If you do want to watch the Japanese version... You have to get the Criterion box set. I hate that this is just a... I'm I'm repeating myself at this point. I do hate that this is a, an extra feature. The, the American version is worth watching, though. Oh, yeah. it's it's It does change the story, but it's still enjoyable. You're going to get the same beats, a little less on the satire. Yeah. The same Godzilla action that you love is going to be there. They're going to change the music cues. You don't get, you know, I think... Ifabuki, you get, uh, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon and Universal Horror soundtrack. Yeah. I know the the last time I watched the American Cut, I forgot that they used Creature from the Black Lagoon. Four tips that should help you perfect your pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) Break June. Say it loud and exaggerate the sounds until you consistently produce, record yourself saying June in full sentences. Wait, 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 watch wait, hold yourself on. and listen. How do you just get this from his name? I don't know. I typed in, how do you say June Fukata? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on to our next film? Let's go. Do you want to give us a synopsis? All right. So we have Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. 
This is from 1974, directed by Jun Fukada. Flying through space and firing missiles, a dreadful Godzilla whose whole body is a weapon appears. All caps. A prophecy is discovered on the statue of an Okinawan guardian stating a monster will emerge to destroy the earth. Godzilla soon appears, seeming to fulfill the prophecy. But not all is what it seems when a second Godzilla emerges to challenge this notorious doppelganger. This is the second to last in the Showa era of films. Uh, these movies were starting to see a decline in popularity. While this film did do, I think it did slightly better than the previous film, Godzilla vs. Megalon, it still wasn't as successful as Godzilla in his heyday. So the series was kind of winding down solely due to you know, the popularity of the series. Now, we would get a rebirth in the Hesse era. In a big way. In, in a big way. And I think what built to that was they started doing these fan conventions and showings and marathons. And I also think cable TV had a lot to do with, you know, the popularity of Godzilla. going to a Godzilla convention in like 1974 or 5? Oh my god. Well, I and I was reading for the last film Pretty that Honda, <laughs> because apparently King Kong versus Godzilla, which... I know we're on to the next film, yeah. but King Kong vs. Godzilla is, like, one of the least cared for as far as, like, taking effort to uh, preserve the film. So they had a lot of harder times finding good elements for when they would show it. But that's what's shocking to me, is that it's, like, one of their highest grossing, but then it also wasn't... It's a different thing. Lost films preserving Well, films. I suppose... I, I was reading in the early 80s, so it's before they did Return to Godzilla... It was at a fan showing where they did a marathon that he was able to present a 35 millimeter print. It's not about that, but yeah. <laughs> Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. I think that this is uh, Jun Fukada's best Godzilla film. Ooh. I, I do. He's the most prolific filmmaker to work in the Showa era um, outside of Mashiro Hondo. And he got his start assistant directing. I, I think we talked just moments ago about him being an assistant director on uh, the Samurai Trilogy, the first film, uh, Musashi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By this time, during the Godzilla franchise, Soberaya had passed away. So he is what the year one... What Soberaya pass away? Do you know? 70, I think? Okay. I, I'm not entirely sure. I might be wrong on that. But just around that point, yeah. But yeah, he did pass away shortly after Ultraman got started okay. and his studio. But, uh, so the effects work is different. It's a lot more violent in this film. There is a lot more, uh, like, pyrotechnic mm -hmm. explosions. Way more starting at this point. I know we're still in the Showa era, but it's, like, getting ready to switch into that transition. So the destruction feels a little bit different. Well, and I I also read that they this film was more violent because they were trying to keep up with its contemporaries, which at the time was like the late uh, Showa-era Gamera films, mm -hmm. which were more violent films. Which Gamera films, also great. Ifabuki didn't do the score for this one. It no. was Masuro Sato, who also worked on the orchestration of Seven Samurai, and uh, he did the score for Godzilla Raids again. And he worked on several of uh, Kurosawa's films. Now, this film is less of a classical style and more of an upbeat, jazzy sound, which I think gives the film a very unique 
um, profile presence. It has an entirely different flavor than yeah. It's very much its own thing. But you know, this film was moderately successful. It was released over here as Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster. That's how I remember watching it on TV. Was Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster, and I I love this movie when I was I mean I still like it quite a bit but this is a film that stood out in my mind because of just how fucking awesome King Cesar is and I don't think they've made a bad Mechagodzilla film like I think this film is pretty decent Terror Mechagodzilla is phenomenal it's, yeah and I like the Hesiera Godzilla and I think the uh Kiru double feature for Millennium Films is actually it's really, really good solid. yeah I, I would say of the Millennium Films those are like if he shows up in Final War, I don't remember, and, but that film's garbage. So if he is in that, that's one bad Mechagodzilla film. Oh, also, Ready Player One is garbage. <laughs> and he's in that. I kind of like that movie. You want me to go over these notes? Yeah. Yeah, go over the notes. Okay. Uh, I just want to warn everyone in advance that uh, these are all over the place. So I like that you said that like me. your last weren't. Because it was just... A, it, That's true. You do say... Nolan, you go into a very much a beautiful mind, sort of. <laughs> just, I would say you're transfixed and you're just... It's just coming on the page, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. More softballs. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So if you... I believe you said you didn't take a lot of character names down. If not, I did, maybe I did not none. take character names down at all. So the audience, except the our monsters. Yeah, the audience will know. Yeah, okay. so you guys can figure this shit out. All right, here we go. Ancient archaeology: When a black mountain appears above the clouds, a monster will come destroy the world. It's a death curse. Space titanium metal statue fight. Just boys being boys. Godzilla emerges. King Caesar can kill Godzilla. What? Godzilla <laughs> battles monster from the second film. Godzilla rips him. Ingress. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Homemade powerful pipe. Oh. <laughs> Godzilla versus Godzilla. Two Godzillas. What does it mean? Explosions and fire. The Godzilla that came out of Mo of Mount Fuji is a cyborg. A mecha Godzilla, you might say. Mecha Godzilla gets a power up. Metal Can suit with rockets and lasers. Hold on, hold on. Can I stop you for a second? You do this to me? I have to. So were you in on the like? Because you kind of snickered when he said King Caesar can beat Godzilla, and you're like, wait, what? It's because of the point, the way they're telling it mm -hmm. in the story, and Nolan's just taking it right. completely at face right. value. This is my first viewing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and Godzilla, you know, sometimes he's a benevolent. It's you know, true. Well, I would say at this point in the story, he's been guardian of Earth since Invasion of the Astro Monster. Of course, but some of, some of our audience and some of mostly our Tucky, all, all of Tucky, didn't know that, and that's mm -hmm. fair. But the whole thing is in the movie. It says King Caesar is going to protect us, and at that time, you think Godzilla is bad. So Nolan said a monster is going to so appear he, from he's just taking... the, the oh. black clouds. So did you thing. think that Godzilla was a bad guy until you saw the second Godzilla? Yes, absolutely. You like the suit in this film? Yeah, it it's looks good. good. I agree. Sorry, continue. Okay, Mecha Godzilla gets a power up, metal suit with rockets and lasers, alien ship controlling Godzilla. Mecha can fly. He takes off in flight. Spaceman be crazy. Hell of a belt <laughs> on the spaceman. 
Spaceman hiding in the caves. Spaceman captures the professor and his daughter and some other dude. (laughs) (laughs) This has a bit of a Bond flair. An evil lair with plans to take over Tokyo. Also has an assassin henchman type who is trying to steal this statue. Do you even... It's a statue of King Caesar. It's a statue. (laughs) Assassin henchman gets caught and gets shot. His face turns into a strange-looking gorilla alien thing. A great deal of handheld used. To what effect, I'm not sure. Henchman gets shot again and falls overboard from a boat into the ocean along with the statue. Oh, wait. The stolen statue was a fake. They had it hidden hidden in a safe all along. Man in Black, apparently an agent, helps to find the spaceman secret lair. He says the professor... No, I'm sorry. He saves the professor, the daughter, and the guy. (laughs) The spaceman. (laughs) Goodbye, stupid earthling. He thinks he blew them up, but he was wrong. The moon has turned red. The prophecy's coming true. The boys infiltrate the spaceman's lair. The others have the statue. The spaceman wants the statue. They get gunned down by another agent, man. The sun rises in the west. The statue is used and Caesar appears. King Caesar, that is. Mechagodzilla is launched by the spaceman. Lady sings to King Caesar to wake him up from sleep. She is a part of the royal family. And her beautiful song works and he awakens. Mechagodzilla versus King Caesar. Mecha destroys. Godzilla reappears from the ocean. Took long enough. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, round two. Oh wait, Caesar re-enters. Mecha destroys. Three monsters battling. So many laser beams and rockets. Godzilla gets bloodied and battered. Godzilla defeats Mecha. The spaceman gets defeated by the boys. The lair gets destroyed. Godzilla goes back to the ocean. Caesar goes back to his slumber. Victory is achieved. I like how you say spaceman. spaceman. They said it that way, like in the film, which I think is funny. This, like, spaceman. We were watching the English. Mm-hmm. Right, we did watch the English version. Yeah. Might it be said that if you were a kid watching Godzilla films, the way you experienced these films were the dubs. Oh yeah. yeah. I see nothing wrong with watching dubs over subs. No, I. Especially when you're trying to take notes, it did... Make it easier. Yeah. Well, and not only that, it's how... How are we to get the damn film? Right. You know? yeah. I mm-hmm. think it was more important just... To, I know we're very lucky in the time period that we live in where most media is at our fingertips. We can find it. We can get a hold of it in some way. But, yeah, most <clears> of the <throat> stuff I watched was dubbed. And I'm sure it was the same for you. Yeah, I mean, my first experience with this film was on television, I didn't actually own a physical version of this film outside of, like, taping it off of TV until probably the last three or four years. So Criterion came out with this, you know, the box set that has it. But before that, I think there was a 40th anniversary Godzilla DVD set. Can you call it a box set? Is it more just a poster board? It's a... It's a wonderful collection of films with some great art and I'm sure some wonderful essays that are in crammed in the worst packaging. packaging ever. It is absolutely garbage. It was fact- not meant for watching the Blu-rays. It was meant to take pictures on Twitter and Instagram. You have to pry them out of the packaging. It is a tough packaging. With that being said, I'm very happy I own it. 
I, I've still got my original DVD of this film. So at the time that I bought this film on DVD, I think it was going for around 70 bucks on Amazon. So it was out of print for a long time. And, you know, thanks to Criterion, you know, you can experience this film either on uh, the Criterion channel, HBO Go, or, uh, you know, the box set. So it's pretty cool that it's just it available. Is, it is cool. And like you said, it is a bit difficult to get the discs out. The, the thing that uh, bothers me a bit as a collector of uh, media and Blu-rays in particular is I am very partial on how things look on shelves, and it's hard to find a spot for it. Well, that's the thing is, it feels very much like, which it is beautiful art, it's wonderful, still excited that it exists, there is not a way you can display it. And mm -hmm. I feel like I have to, it's just an awkward piece. I have to set it, like, on top of a shelf where it just sits, and it's not even, like, propped up nice, it's just... On top of other things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a bummer. Well, that also, it's like the point of it feels very much for display, and but it's like right. the size of it, it doesn't really fit. It's just weird. It's yeah, awkward. It is. Do you guys like this film? Uh, didn't love this movie. I'm very mixed on it. Uh, I enjoyed myself watching it. Like, it's it's an entertaining movie. Comparing it to uh, Honda's films, it's, it's a very messily directed film. Uh, and it's all over the place. It's very scattered in its uh, in its shot selection and in kind of melding of genres. But again, I had fun watching it. Uh, the last like 15, 20-ish minutes were great. I, I enjoyed the the battle of uh, Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, and Caesar. That was a good time. I feel like Godzilla is missed. I miss his presence for a long stretch of the film. Like He's basically only in the beginning and the very end. Well, King Caesar, King he's slumbering, he's sleeping yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, so that uh, that's a bit bum bum me out, and and I had a hard time a little bit, kind of following all of the uh, agent and statue stuff. The shenanigans. Yeah. With the statue. So yeah. Uh, again, I had a good time with it, but uh, wouldn't say I thought it was a great movie by any means. But enjoyed myself. No. Yeah, like I said, I think this is Fukada's best Godzilla film. It, it's not one of the stronger ones in the series. I like this movie a lot, but it's because of, you know, the monsters, and they're not in it enough. But I do think there's some really cool battle shots. Like, I love the violence in the film. I think that shot of Godzilla getting blasted in the neck by rainbow laser is really cool, and it just splitting open like a samurai movie. Like, that's cool. And There's quite a bit of blood in this film too. Yeah, and it's a gory freaking film. fake Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla ripping Angus's you know jaw open. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fucked up. That's kind of another Kong reference, you know, with King Kong and right. the T Rex. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I I like this film. It's definitely it definitely played better to you know nine ten year old Stacy than it does to you know current stacy i i do think that it is a very entertaining film and a very like it is a good entry in the show series i enjoy this film quite a bit it is a very scattershot film there is a lot happening i much prefer terror of mechagodzilla the film that follows it directly one of my favorite uh, introductions to godzilla in, the, in this era so 
Mm-hmm. We'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention our boy Akihiko Harada, this mm-hmm. time showing up as Professor Hideto uh, Miyajima, which he has a big role in this film. Quite a bit. Uh, you know, the last film that we talked about is more of a cameo, sort of. He you just know, bit pops player. Up. Yeah. In this film, he is a, a lead mm-hmm. with his magic pipe. Right. He is so handsome, Nolan. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, think of him as any, like, Surizawa, like, from the original film. That's what I, and when I see him pop up in a Godzilla film, it's always like, oh, Surizawa again. Where's your eye patch? I love him. Yeah. I will say, my high, I enjoy the monster action throughout the film. I think the battle with Angerus early on is really cool. And I think the battle with Godzilla at night, I think is really well shot. When you have dupe Godzilla, before you know it's Mecha Godzilla. I think that's cool, and all the pyro that they're using is really cool. But the ending fight is awesome. Mecha Godzilla is like such a cool visual, and obviously everybody else thinks that because they keep bringing him back. Yeah, this is. I think this is a better iteration of Mecha Godzilla than the Hesse series, but I don't know. Kiru might be the best Mecha Godzilla. I'm not sure. I'm kind of interested how, if they do Mechagodzilla for this new film, how that's going to be. If anyone's confused why we picked these two films, definitely think there's a big chance where we're going to see Mechagodzilla in the newest addition to the American series. Yeah. So, yeah, my high is the last battle. I will say my low point is not enough of this. I not, need more. Yeah, there's not enough there's not, kaiju moments. There's not enough to break up the middle of the film. There's a big stretch where nothing happens with any of our boys. Because I think the monster action's really exciting in this film. And then it just goes away. And you have, like, like Nolan was saying, like these James Bond segments of, you know, who's an agent? Who's a monkey man chasing the statue? Oh, it's a fake statue. I do like trench coat boy slinking around the boat. He's very <laughs> Negative <funny>. one. <laughs> yeah. He is very IT crowd. But I'm I'm into it. Yeah, he definitely looks like B.D. Wong from IT Crowd <laughs> in that one episode. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> no, I, I just feel like this movie could use something in the middle to break up, you know, the human shenanigans. And I think the human story is, it's fine, but we need more monsters. That's why you go to these films, and it's not even, like, the, the screen time. It's just having stuff to break up you know maybe we got the godzilla mecha godzilla first confrontation in the middle of the film instead of right after the angerous fight you know maybe something to break up you know that the action throughout the film so that that would be my low point i'm a big fan of king caesar this and final wars are the only movies that he shows up in and final wars suck yeah so this is the only King Caesar film, and you get the wonderful musical entrance to him. He looks like a really cool Power Rangers villain 20 years before that stuff hits the screen. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. That that suit's really cool. He's like a bat without wings. King Caesar, that's not my low, but that is a low just in general. That he's not in it that enough? He's not, he's not in more films. To me, I don't count final. This is the only film that he's in to me. Right. And that's just i can't it's it's so stupid because he's such a cool fun character and the intro even if you don't like 
the rest of the film, the last 20 to 15 minutes, it's very, he's not in it very much. Yeah, you get this wonderful singing entrance to King Caesar. So that, that isn't my low, but that is a low just in the series in general. Not enough Caesar. Not enough Caesar at all. I don't even think he's a selectable <laughs> character in any of the Godzilla video games until like Godzilla saves the earth for Wii and PS2. See, that's, that's a shame. That's a bummer for me to hear because I've like like I've established I've not seen any of these movies after this, so it's a bummer that he doesn't come back. You liked him, I did. I'll just go doesn't ahead and it say, feel like you, it sets up like yeah, it yeah. does seem like he he's someone that or a monster that will reappear. Yeah, I basically have the same as you, Stacy. Like my highs and lows, like the end battle, like in particular. I loved the bloodshed, so like, just the the spurts of blood coming out of Godzilla's neck. It's mean. It's yeah, it's mean spirited. I like well, it, and it also kind of seems self referential to their own like that own studio's like history with uh, you know, Sanjuro coming in and mm-hmm. showing yep. arterial sprays of blood. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I I, I enjoyed that. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, again, my low is about the same as you. Monsters are just gone for long stretches of this. Film. It's a pacing issue. So, yeah. Yeah. So it would have been nice just to have like, you know, just just to, like some type of battle in the middle, or or at least just like seeing what they're up to. Or, and I understand like the film doesn't call for that, but like, no. But if you're thinking you know, about it, it's it's just it's a kids' film. Well, it's under ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and there is what would you say that section in the middle the length of time where you get it's just the human story probably 30 to 40 minutes it's a big chunk yeah. of this film and that's and, a problem yeah and I, I know like you guys are the same way in a to an extent but like i i enjoy these movies because of the monsters so like for me i had some issues with like some of the the scripting and, and the characters in this movie so it's like i was I wanted to see the monsters on screen, so when you don't get them for long periods of time, it did not help with my some of my uh, enjoyment of the movie. Well, and another point in in your notes, and you're watching it for the first time, you didn't take down any characters' names. I don't know, even know if it actually right. says many of the characters' names. So it's mostly a character-driven piece for right. a a big chunk of the film, and you don't even know who. Right. It's like you can tell who they are sure. for sure, but. I think that's also yeah. saying something. That's, Absolutely. Again, I like this film, but that is a failure. Sure. Melanie, do you have specifics on your highs and lows? Yeah, okay. So, my low, Spaceman Fashion. Pretty boring. Well, I oh, think, yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Just not into it. Like, they have, like, these weird, like, tufts of, like, giant sequence pieces almost. Like, they're, like, holographic. They're just on, like, plastic, random, yeah. little patches. Yeah. Random, it's a very asymmetrical. Random spots, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not into it. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that space hadn't come into it yet, and I wish that it was just the government creating Mechagodzilla, but that's that's a totally different, you know, thing. It's campy, and I like it, but, you know, maybe it isn't necessary. Not Spacemen, but Godzilla versus Megalon, where you get the, the people under the world, I kind and of they're in, like, togas. Yeah, I prefer that. Yeah. You would prefer, like, a Monster Zero, you know, Invasion of the Astro Monster. Absolutely. Uh, like a leotard. Yeah. Oh, to, yeah. To your point, this is a very, like, colorful palette and, like, kind of a poppy movie. Yeah. So, like, made those those alien spacemen just a little more interesting. Like, here's the thing, Nolan. Same outfit. Let's click into that 
color instead of silver, let's make that a hot pink. Hell yeah. Yeah. My high, it's a very specific moment, but the swanky, jazzy, musical cue and visuals mm-hmm. ac- acquainted with Mechagodzilla transforming mm. from him being disguised as Godzilla, right. the Godzilla suit, the Godzilla skin, into full robot boy. The editing of the scene is great. I think it's probably mm-hmm. truly one of the best edited parts of the film where you're getting all these close-ups of different components and parts of Mechagodzilla after he changes. The music is pretty funny, but I like it. It's very jazzy and swanky. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that is that is by far my absolute high. I do think I was going to put the battle, but I knew one of you at least would, so I didn't. Ending battle with the three of them, especially after we kind of get a bloody, just beaten down Godzilla with darts in his body. Mm-hmm. Finger darts. It's awful. And then, you know, he stands up, he takes a moment, and King Caesar comes up, and both of them just freaking lay it down on Mecha. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Outside, I mean, my my favorite is the Interpol agent. Just the his trench coat and like very pre Matrix. A night made for love. <laughs> that shit, like that's really funny. Also, if we're talking specifically monsters, because that's the good stuff. Uh, I like during King Caesar, like once he comes to life, his ears just like shooting up like bat ears, straight up. That's cool. Yeah. It's pretty funny. My make them laugh moment is exposition delivery. Space titanium. He has this uh, little chunk of space titanium, this inch by two inches. It's a very small little piece. And then they get a brick of it. This is the same space titanium. I know it. And because of this, I know that there are spacemen controlling remotely Mechagodzilla. Like, mm-hmm. that is basically the dialogue that's delivered beautiful i'm just gonna go with grandfather at the very beginning yeah so yeah. there's a there we didn't really talk about her there's, there's a, a lady at the beginning who it's basically the same lady who summons king Caesar. yeah an ancestor of this family, family. yep of okinawa uh, so her grandfather he has a very strong look he's got the the good longer hair and beard and just the way like I, we were watching, again, the, the dubbed version. but Well, we started off initially. We actually had it in the Japanese. We, that's and true. And it didn't matter. It, it didn't change the way, like, his lines are presented. Do you think that it was strange that during her premonition of the destruction, it was showing Ghidra? Yeah. Ghidorah? Mm. He doesn't show up again until, like, 1991. We have to talk about Mary Fuck Hill. Okay. Is this something, obviously our show is very, very tiny. Is this something that's going to get us canceled eventually? Thoughts, Nolan. No, other people have done it before. Obviously, you can have cut done this it out. But I, I heard it on an episode of like Big Picture once. Oh. Other than that, look, this is all in fun. Also, I think people enjoy it. Stacey, you think this will get us canceled? Right. Fair enough. So for this specifically, though, I did change it slightly. It's not gonna. We're still gonna have Mary Fuck Hill moving forward. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a segment, whether you like it or not. Sorry. Yeah. Have you heard something? No. I was just thinking, this is probably something that... For all we care, you can marry F and kill us three on Twitter. I'm getting killed. What? They're marrying him. (laughs) Why? They're marrying Nolan. (laughs) Look at him. (laughs) Anyways. They're getting this, like, spicy attitude with great note-taking, and they're just hoping to see, like, a beautiful boy. Not, like... 
like a conceited way, but Nolan is the type of character that he would marry himself in one of our married Absolutely. Films. He gravitates towards what he identifies with mm-hmm. the most. <laughs> okay, so for this episode specifically, I've changed it slightly. Instead of Mary Fuck Kill, what we're doing is friend, destroy, exile. Friend, if you choose that, that's the creature that you most would like to befriend and hang out with. So like in a cool, chill environment, you just want to, you know, just chill maybe on the beach, just hang out with them. Destroy, if you were going into destroy a city, just like stomp and crunch, who do you want as your wingman to destroy with you? Exile. Who are you sending back to Monster Island? They have to go. Your choices. Okay, one more time. Friend. Friend, who do you want to hang out with? Okay, number two. Destroy. Destroy. Who do you want to crunch a city with? And three, foe. Exile. Exile, I'm sorry. I'll let y'all ask you. Okay. So, friend, destroy, exile. Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, King Kong. But specifically in the films that we watched. So, who do you want to be friend? Who do you want to destroy a city with? And who do you want to send back to Monster Island? Okay. You go. I want to be friends with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is it Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla or Godzilla from Kong? You can choose either of the films that we watched. It's I'm going to go with Guardian of the Universe Godzilla. So, God- Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. I want to be friends with him. He seems chill. As long as I don't have to hang out with his demon spawn of a son, like, I'm fine with it. Fair enough. I don't even think he likes his own kid. Continue. Destroy? I'm going to go with Mechagodzilla. You want him to destroy a city? Yeah, he's got so much firepower, and if you play any of those Godzilla fighting games, he's really hard to fight against because of how powerful he is. Those freaking... He's got fucking lasers, he's got finger, finger and missile. toe guns, Yeah. he's got... He's just got so much stuff he can do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to destroy shit with him. Yeah. And I'm going to exile King Kong because yeah. hashtag not my Kong. I have exactly the same as you. Nice. I I don't want to hang out with that Kong back to Monster Island. But yeah. Get out of here. Technically Skull Island. But He's so, well, it's Pharaoh Island. Hang out with Savior of the World. Destroy with Mecca. What do you guys shithead? I would say that that's probably the right answer, but I'm going to change it up a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to exile Mechagodzilla just because, I mean, look, if things went bad between us, like, he would just destroy everything. Oh, it, it probably will go bad. Like, yeah. you're done. Mm-hmm. Your city's done. Your life's done. So I'm just saying, knowing me, like, things would go bad at some point. Yeah. So that's going to happen. You're going to make him mad. So... Uh, I'm going to destroy with uh, uh, Godzilla. Okay. Okay. You know, we're just going to... Are you going to go with Godzilla and and Kong and Godzilla? Yes. That that Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to terrorize the telephone wires Mm -hmm. and the houses and the trains and all that. And then I'm going to be friends with King Kong. Uh, You know, in this movie, he seems like a quality guy. You know, He's we could funny. we could drink some um, of the uh, the fruit juice together mm-hmm. and just pass out for days and hold each other, be with each other. Yeah, and we, now you said it twice, which that felt. Weird. I did say it twice. Okay, and like hold each other, like that sounds kind of cute, but still, like okay, whatever. And then you said be with each other, that yeah felt weird. It sounds like you're turning this into a fuck. I didn't go there, but it feels like you did. 
Feeling and saying are two different things, okay? <laughs> anyway, we're going to go back to... Lesson learned, kids. The island. And we're going to rule. Befriend rulers over those natives. The black-faced natives? Yep. That is upsetting. And that's... That's that. That's our life. You going to steal all their cigarettes? Yeah, and the and, well, and, and, and the radios that make music that they'd never heard before. Transistor <laughs> radio. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's going to be a great life. All right. So. Do you, do you guys have any hopes or expectations for the next film? I I do hope. so. That one's called Godzilla vs. Kong? Yes. So my, what I feel, and this is because the whole episode came about because there is like a, a still from the trailer that it looks like it is Mecha Godzilla because the way they've built up both the characters in this American universe is that they're both protagonists. That they're both the good guys, they're guardians mm-hmm. rather than any terror. And so that's what I'm hoping. This Mecha Godzilla, a spaceman? No. I don't is it aliens? Or is it like, I don't remember if he's alive at the end of the, or not, but like that terrorist group yeah. with Charles Dance? I, I feel like. Like, it, do they make a Mecha Godzilla? It's either going to be a terrorist group or a government group. It's it, it's not, they're not going to do anything as audacious as spacemen. It's, it's American Godzilla. They're not doing that. I hope that this movie is better than the last movie. Did you like the last film then? I hated it. I will say, obviously, I'm going to watch this new one. Um, I'm excited for the new one. As always, I hope it's good. Um, It's monsters fighting against each other, so I'm there to watch it. Uh, But I I really did despise the last Godzilla film, and I'm not the biggest fan of Kong Skull Island, personally, so um, I I am hoping this, for me, is a step up. We'll see what happens. Any final thoughts? If you have not seen Shin Godzilla... Do that. Enjoyed watching these movies with you guys and talking about them. It's been a fun episode. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on SoundCloud. Basically, anywhere we get your podcasts. So, like and subscribe and write reviews, all that stuff, if you would, please. Twitter at uh, Cinema Parlor. You can find us on Instagram as well. You can find me personally on Letterboxd. Uh, I'm Chuck Madden Jr. on there. S Glover 84 on the letterbox. Very nice. Melly. Plastic werewolf. All right. Well, it's been a fun time, and uh, we'll see you guys again here in a few weeks. So, uh, you know, enjoy some Godzilla films. Goodbye with love. I will suck your fucking dick. I mean, it was just What a if they don't have a dick? Did you ever think of that? <laughs> Genius. Fair enough. Thank you.